It is the 8 o'clock hour and time once again for Tales of Adventure! Let Tales of Adventure show you sights unseen and take you to places unbeen! Sponsored by Monumental Time Watches! With MT Watches you know there's always time! Tonight's installment, The Vampire's Curse! Our heroes are gathered in the dusty drawing room of Brighton Manor, and all that remains of the estate of the late John Thomas Sr. The rain outside continues unabated, but the fire grows brightly, and moreover, not a soul can think of the cold when there is a captivating news afoot. For there are called Professor Van Kegel, their curiously idiosyncratic friend, and a man of science who has promised the unpromisable. All right. Professor? We're all here. This is this news you promised us. And would anyone else care for a snifter of brandy, or am I going to have to drink it all myself? Oh, I would love some, yes. Don't keep us in suspense, man. Yes, sorry. Oh, this is exciting, I tell you what. Speaking of telling, have I ever told you about the time I discovered the fountain? Of youth? It sure is dramatic. It sure is. Stop. This is the Icelandic Vampire Mafia. Put your necks up. Ah, ah, ah. Fiddlesticks. Fiddle your own sticks, Brighton. The Unacknowledged. The Unacknowledged Vigilante. We have not crossed paths in many years. I believe three, three years. Ah, ah, ah. What are you doing here? Trouncing your tints and mop, you bug-eyed, bell-bottomed, four-flushing sap. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Well, they seem to be sorting themselves out. Where was I? I believe you said something about the fountain of you. So, what's the trick, eh? One drink from the fountain and you live forever? And live to see the future? What I wouldn't give to make love to a genuine flapper from the 21st century. What I wouldn't give to be able to warn them about you. Also, has anyone seen my sniffer of brandy? I believe it was smashed to smithereens by the brawl we are all politely ignoring. You would be condemned to walk the earth forever in eternal damnation. Oh, yes. Speaking of that. Wait. Speaking of eternal damnation or the brawl? (sighs) Ah, there goes another snifter. Look, you two, couldn't you just roll your little spat into the parlor or something? This brandy is from before the war. Now, what's this all about eternal damnation, Professor? It figures. There had to be a catch. Ah, yes, Rudolph. And quite the catch it is. Indeed. to our story in a moment, but first, some valuable information from Monumental Time Watches. By Monumental Time Watches, the only watches you... What in the blue blazes? Cool it, Sadio. You've been listening to that Tales of Nowheresville all morning. Tales of Adventure. 
During the Great Depression, it was the most popular radio program in America, if not the world. Well, it ain't no more. This is 1958, and old Chuck Berry here is what's hip and happening. Stop living in the past, old man. You are beyond rude, young lady. When your mother gets home... I won't be here, that's what. Jenny and I are gonna hang at the drive-in for a matinee. She's been sweet on this new guy, Gerard, who's a real greaser. Drives a hopped-up cherry like you've never seen. Anyway, he's got a friend, Ricky, who she wants me to meet. Says he's the most, and I'll just flip when I see him. <laughs> Is there a point to all this, young lady? And please, turn that music down! Don't have a count, Gramps. I'm off to the passion pit for some backseat bingo, and your granny show is as square as they come. How's that for a point? I'm gonna have a nice long conversation with your mother about treating us with respect. Cool it, Big Daddy. No need to get cranked. I'm just joshing ya. Speak English, child! Hey, what happened to the radio? Ugh, I told you we need a new one. Ow! I can't see! That flash, what's happening? Oh, my. Uh, hello there. Who in the blue blazes? Daddy, is this one of your weird old person friends? I've never seen this man before in my life. How did you get in here? Please, sir and young miss, do not be alarmed. If you would be so kind, uh, would you please tell me, what year is this? The future is now, and the future is eternal, as we bring you our most unusual tale to date, The Eternal Return, the next mind-bending chapter of Tales of the Extraordinary! It is most definitely the year 1928, midway through the annual revolution of the Earth around the Sun. While the heat this time of year might seem sweltering and downright oppressive in most of the civilized world, in the Australian territory of New Guinea, the chill can be so relentless that one might dream of taking a dip in an active volcano just to warm up. In this land populated by birds of paradise and bats so large they are called flying foxes, we find the world-renowned explorer extraordinaire, Little Dickie Broughton, and his dear old friend Nigel, traveling through the Sepik River Highlands, accompanied by a group of Ayatmul natives. Oh, Dickie, it's so good to be back on the road with you. I don't know if road is the right word to use, Nigel. It seems to be a rather untrodden path in the jungle. It's a green road, I suppose? Yes, I suppose it is. It's been some years now, hasn't it? Exactly one, I believe, yes. What has been going on with you over the, that year? Well, I, 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 as I told you, I've uh, begun a, I, I suppose you would call it a relationship with a oh, fine young lady. Well, really? a young lady. Well, she's actually an adventurer, much like me, yes. How exciting. Yes, her name is Vanessa. We, we met some time ago, but we officially began our courtship in the back of a van full of cocaine. It's so good to be traveling again, on a new adventure with you, traveling in your footsteps, staring at your back. Stop! Put them down! Ah, it appears we have arrived. <laughs> ah! Well, that was rude. Indeed. I don't suppose you're on tires, old boy? You've been hanging upside down on these poles for hours. I think all the blood in my body is now in my head. I do admire the fortitude of your people to carry us that long. Dickie here is much heavier than he seems. Oh, is that a bit of ribbing, Nigel? Oh, I couldn't help myself, Dickie. Mm. That's fair. Enough! 
Were you not warned, hairy cheeks, not to return to these mountains? Oh, was that a warning? I thought it was more of a fancy. It's hard to understand you. Speaking of which, might I take this moment to compliment you on your English? It has vastly improved since last we met. I do believe that means you should stop talking. Your butler is correct. Butler? Now see here. Cut them loose. Oh, that's more like it. Oh, thank you. And tie them to the stake with the other Kurokuro. Trat. Just what happened the last time you were here, Dickie? Well, you know how we are here searching for the lost treasure of Sultan Nuku? Yes. Let's just say this is not the first time I've attempted to find it. What? You've gone a treasure hunting without me? I go treasure hunting without you all the time. And Lord, I've lost count of how many guides I've named Umgawa over the years. But when I need a quality partner, by Jove, I go with good old Nigel. Oh, well, I suppose I should be flattered you chose me after some random native. Ah, yes. Well, mm, about that. Broughton. Oh, no. Broughton, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. And who is this, then? Nigel, this young lad is my former partner in crime, Errol Finn. It's Flynn. With an L. Oh, get over yourself, boy. No one's going to remember your name after today anyway. Judging by the way they have you tied to the ground, I wager you won't make it another hour before they sacrifice you. Oh, that's just Mickey Mouse then, isn't it? What are you doing here, boy? I took a film crew up the Sepik River to document my exploration of the area. Turns out the natives remember my face from the last time I ventured out this far. With you. You went exploring with this... This... Nubile, young man, instead of me. I just turned 19, I'll have you know, mate. I've done more boozing, sexing, and fighting than you palmies ever could dream of. And a ruffian to boot. Oh, don't be that way, Nigel. I just thought maybe you'd grown tired of being thrust into danger in remote parts of the world. As opposed to what is happening right now. Um... I'm sorry, what? I see. Get on the ground. Once you are all tied down like your friend, you shall all be part of our oldest tradition. Oh, not the headhunting again. Yes! Yes, the headhunting! I told you, that's dying out, old boy. You've got to get to the 20th century, your holiness. You shall be the first to be sacrificed, hairy cheeks. <laughs> Good luck with that. I've picked up a rather nasty habit of nigh-invulnerability of late. You wish to make me a fool with your big words. I am priest of this proud land, and the spirits know who here is the smarter one. Oh, Dickie, if this is the end, I just can't let us go out on such bitter terms. I forgive you, old boy. No need to be so defeatist, Nigel. We'll get out of this one yet. Just don't let them use my face for dinnerware. Yours? What about mine? I've got the face of a matinee idol, they say. No, don't flatter yourself, Finn. I told you. I don't like the look of that knife, Dickie. Righto. Time to make our exit, then. How do you figure? We're all staked to the ground in case you haven't noticed. For now, yes. But while the priest was distracted by my barrage of insults, I greased my wrist with zinc oxide. Oh, good show. Coco Chanel would have an aneurysm. (laughs) On my mark, Nigel, you head for that archer to the right and confiscate his bow. We now offer this devil's life to the gods that his head may decorate our humble village. You best hurry, Broughton, before they stab you. My dear Errol, that is precisely what I'm hoping for. What? Farewell forever, hairy cheeks. My sentiments exactly. Ow. I don't understand. The dagger, it... Didn't go in? I told you, old boy. Nine vulnerables. He is free. Inconceivable. Keep up those English studies, your holiness. And thanks for the knife. 
Cheers, Dickie. Anytime, my good man. Now take down that archer. Consider it done. Broughton, what about me? Be patient, me boy. Thanks, mate. How are you with the blade? Better than Douglas Fairbanks, if I do say so much. Behind you! Good shot, Nigel. I do my best. Looks like the rest of the village have come out to play, eh? Time to go. This way. Where are you leading us, boy? Back down to the river. The film crew's boat should still be docked there. And just what happened to this crew? Remember what I said about dinnerware? I see, yes. I also see the river. Straight ahead. Made it. And no boat. Flynn? It was here, I swear. Well, it isn't now, and the natives are restless. We could swim for it. Not bloody likely. The river is teeming with crocs, mate. Applesauce. Caught between a rock and a... Stop! So, hairy cheeks, you appear to be caught between a rock and a harder rock. So close, you almost had it. I told you, I am the smartest one here. Shush. You hear that? What is it? It seems to be coming from your pocket, Dickie. Of course, my League of Nations police badge. Your what? It's getting faster. What is happening? What devil trick is this? My apologies, Your Holiness, but I'm afraid we won't be staying for dinner. They're headhunters, not cannibals. Same difference. Enough! Kill them! Kill them now! (laughs) Ah, there's our ride now. Demons! Demons from the sky! They've come for our souls! To the woods, my children! Hide! Broughton, there you are. We've had a dreadful time locating you. And not a bit too soon, Captain. Crikey, what is that thing? A hovering rocket-propelled heliochopper, of course. Now quiet down. Much as it pains me to say, Broughton, I urgently need your... I urgently need your assistance. Ah, of course you do, lad. It appears I owe you a favor now. If you'd be so kind, could you land the air bear and give us a hand? Consider it done. Would you mind dropping me off at the nearest town, mate? But of course, lad. Oh, uh, anywhere but Rabol, mate. I owe a few unpaid bills to the locals. Cheers! <sighs> that boy. I give him three months tops before he winds up face down in the river. Oh, if that. And now, how about you wind up face down in our latest sponsor? Mom! Myrtle's playing with my toys again! Sweetheart, we talked about this. You shouldn't be playing with those boy things. People might start thinking that you're unfeminine. But Mom, my toys are boring! My Susie weeps a lot. Just weeps a lot. Well, you can't play with my toys. They're too complicated for you. Nuh-uh. Janie's mom lets her play with Lincoln Logs. Oh, well, obviously I'm going to have to cancel your play dates with Janie. But, Mom, Janie gave me this gender conversion kit to make all boy toys into girl toys. Oh, my goodness, darling. Look at the variety of colors. There's blush, bubblegum, rose, fuchsia, light red, petal, and rouge. And look, Mom, it comes with all these stencils of hearts and flowers. Herman, those tinker toys are mine. No! Gee, golly, I feel like I can do anything now. Maybe I can even go to college and become an engineer. (gasps) Blasphemy! Mommy, she's speaking blasphemy! You shut your mouth, you floozy! What if the neighbors heard you? Try Bayer's Gender Conversion Kit. The only gender conversion kit you can use on toys. It's just pink paint. 
I'll take half a dozen, won't you? Let us now return to our show and our adventurers as they regroup back at the underground laboratory belonging to the former captain of the Daedalus, known only as the Captain of the Daedalus. Many stern faces stare into an empty chamber, a chamber which once held... Dr. Von Kliegel. You're mad. Time travel is pure fantasy. You very well may have just disintegrated the poor doctor into a fine red mist upon the wind. But that's the thing, Broughton. There was no mist. There was no trace of him at all. By our calculations, it worked. Um, my apologies for the interruption, but I don't think I follow. I'll start at the beginning, then. Many years ago, the doctor invented something named the Wit Device, or Witty for short. Classic von Kliegel. The Witty could essentially create a wrinkle in time and space, transporting people or objects from one place to another. Egads, man! Such a thing could rip apart the fabric of reality! Indeed, which is why he destroyed all his notes on its construction following an incident in 1904 in which a group of people disappeared into thin air in the middle of the Lepinagil during noon tea time. Well, that was very wise of the doctor, though it is a pity that wisdom came at the cost of so many lives. Ah, but did it. I didn't you just say... This is where Mr. Broughton comes in. Excuse me? I have never been to the Lepinagil, nor was I ever in France at that time. True. But you were there 23 years later. I was? Uh, I'm afraid maths is not my strong suit. (sighs) Last year, when you were rescuing Randolph Moon from the French Mafia. Again? Hasn't anyone told them that the Mafia is Italian? It's Sicilian, actually, and yes, many times. They are as obstinate as they are incompetent. But wait one bloody moment, Captain. Are you referring to the incident at the Moulin Rouge? The doctor told me you encountered a group of people that not only fit the description of those who went missing in 1904, right down to the same clothing, but were also in possession of the exact same device that disappeared with them from the Le Pinagil. Ah, yes, I do recall him mentioning something about time travel, etc., etc., but I assumed it was another one of his delusional ramblings. I've always found the doctor to be quite lucid, actually. You've barely even met the man, Nigel. Do you recall what happened to those people you met? Certainly. We made our way to the Moulin Rouge through a surprisingly dangerous minefield. Good lord, man! Mines in the middle of Paris? No, 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 mimes. White faces, mute, but quite vicious in large groups. Anyway, we stuck in through the back of the club thanks to the help of a drunken and suicidal Ernest Hemingway. Long story. Rescued one of their party from the clutches of the infamous Miss Dinguette. Oh, I do love her show so risque. Nigel, please. Apologies, do carry on. Uh, where was I? Uh, oh, yes, she had kidnapped one of their party, who had borne a striking resemblance to Randolph Moon. And we were interrupted by the unknown. The vigilante? Yes, yes, do keep up. Wait. I remember I was escorting one of them away when there was a flash of light and an odd screeching sound. When I looked back, they were gone. And, my God, I believe that was the last we've seen of the unknown, come to think of it. These are the same events Dr. Von Kliegel related to me. And these events prove that his device was not as dangerous as he once thought. Time travel is real, Mr. Broughton. Oh, Bobbycock. Let me see if I've got this straight. You and the doctor attempted to recreate his invention in your laboratory here in India, and it was a success? Well, yes. And no. Clearly it worked, and he was transported somewhere. Or somewhen. However? However, it was not a planned experiment. He just happened to be wearing the device on his belt when he entered the chamber, and I have no idea how far into the future he may have gone. Wonderful. I determined someone should go and find out. An explorer, perhaps. One who knows the doctor, and is used to, shall we say, unusual circumstances. Yes, that would seem the logical choice, aye. Then it's decided. 
We have to make sure the device activates at exactly the same time of day. Otherwise, you may arrive at a completely different location. You see, due to the Earth's rotation, where you arrive depends on... Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but are you sending me? That's right, Broughton. I need you to get Dr. Von Kliegel back. From the future! Oh, how exciting! And now, let us take you back to the future, to the year 1958. A familiar house on a typical suburban American street, wherein a young woman finds herself recovering from an exceedingly unusual turn of events by doing what she does best, socializing. Yes, I know! Gramps thinks it's the Reds, but you know what I think? You're right. Aliens! What? Now I'm still waiting for Ricky to pick me up. Ugh, boys. He needs to get on the stick, you know? All right. Talk to you later. Uh-huh. Okay, bye. Hey, Big Daddy. Ricky's coming over for a second date. Not asking, just letting you know in case you think I'm kidnapped. Hello? Are you napping again, old man? Oh, no. Not again. Going to hurt, is it? Oh. Uh, I, I say, did it work? Oh, hello there, madame. Daddy! No, 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 shh. I'm not going to hurt you, young lady. I know this may be a shock, and I appear to be in the middle of your parlor. Daddy! Please, just stop. Look, look, I'll be right on my way, and we'll pretend this never happened, all right? What's your name, miss? Hope. Why? Any more of you people going to appear? I... Wait, one moment. Are you saying another has arrived in a similar fashion to me? Yeah. Does everyone on your planet talk so old-fashioned, Pops? Planet? I'm not a Martian, young lady. I'm merely... A red? I knew it. Ricky! No, no, Dicky. Little Dicky to my friends. <laughs> you gotta split, oddball. This is only our second date, and if he sees you, it's Noahsville, if you dig. Oh, dear. It's jazz slang all over again. You jazz? Who listens to that old noise? Old? I'm sorry, but what year is this? Are you for real, Daddy-O? Look, I'm searching for my compatriot. Uh, about yay tall, impossibly old. Likes to ramble on and on about personal experiences. The other alien. I told you we're not... Fine, yes, the other alien. Where has he gone? Daddy had him taken away. What? Your friend just appeared out of thin air, like yourself. And so my dad... <clears throat> father tackled him to the ground and had him hauled off to the loony bin. What? A sanatorium? I don't know. Is that the same thing? Well, we've got to find him. We, white man? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, what? They don't have Lone Ranger where you're from? Baby, what's the holdup? We're going to tear ass out of here or what? By all that's holy moon, is that you? Who the hell is this, babe? How do you know my name? What the hell happened to your hair? It looks like a greasy alley cat died. Hey! And then ossified. Why, you? Before striking oil and then just letting it flow. Listen here, daddy-o. Why do you all say that? Is everyone in the future part of some kind of cult? Future? Yes, the future. I'm not from space. I'm from, well, 1928. Wowzers! 30 years ago? I suppose. This is 1958, eh? Then you can't be Randolph Moon, can you? Randolph? Isn't that your pops, Ricky? Yeah, it is. You know him, Square? Oh, we go way back, literally, young Mr. Ricky. My name is Little Dicky Broughton, world-renowned explorer and now time-traveler extraordinaire. I guess your father admired me more than I realized naming you so. That deadbeat good-for-nothing? Nah, he didn't name me. My mom did. 
Anyway, I see. He left us when I was a kid. For all I know, he's passed out in an alley somewhere. Only time we even hear from him is when he writes Mom asking for some long green, you dig? We are talking about the same Randolph Moon, right? Failed movie star, hates the name Fairbanks. Hmm? That's him, all right. Well, what about your mother? Can you take me to her? I must find some allies if I am to rescue the doctor. And your dad is the only lead I have. What doctor? I'll fill you in on the way. The way where? To visit Slick Ricky Moon's mumsy, of course. You'll have to drive, lad. Never picked it up. Who put you in charge, Daddy-o? I did, Junior. Captain Richard Broughton of His Majesty's Royal Air Force, international do-gooder and special liaison to the League of Nations Police Force. Is that like the United Nations? A group of blowhard diplomats who are about as ineffective as mittens on a snake? Minus the snake part. Then yes. Now stop your yammering and start your driving. Get your wiggle on, people. Chop, chop. Sir, yes, sir. While little Dicky gets a wiggle on in the future, let's wiggle you into some future savings with this new amazing product from our sponsor. America, you never know when the Reds could strike. It could be while you're shopping with your loved ones, or making love to your loved ones, or at a patriotic American barbecue. With your loved ones. Well, worry not. We've got Bayer's Portable Fallout Shelter. Fourth edition. Available for your convenience. Each of Bayer's Portable Fallout Shelters. Fourth edition. Come with all the essentials, including... Yum Yum Deviled Eggs. Lucky Strike Cigarettes. Red Meat. Fourth edition. Also including all the bottle caps you can carry. It's the currency of the future you wait and see. If you buy now, we'll include... A free pair of fusion pants. From the trusted makers of Duck and Coveralls. Because nothing's safer than fusion energy around your lower extremities. Do up, do up, portable shelters. Do up, do up, fourth edition. Grab some Washingtons, jump in your souped-up hot rod, and punch it to Woolworths before it's sold out. It's the ginchiest, as they say in the future. Speaking of which, let us return to Dickie and his motley crew as they goose it down the street in Slick Ricky Moon's screamin' machine. That will be a car, folks. My God, man, how fast are we going? Eighty-five. Miles per hour? Man was not meant for such land speeds. You should see my buddy Tony's hot rod. He can hit 137 with a heavily modded 1929 Ford A Roadster body, mounted on a 1932 Ford frame with a swapped-out Olds engine fitted with over-the-counter speed upgrades. I'm having trouble believing you're actually Moon's progeny. He had a strong revulsion to knowledge. I was raised by my mom's side of the family. They're very big on machines and electronic stuff. Moon married someone with a brain... Continue to be shocked by everything I hear. Wait till we tell you about World War II. Two? When was the first one? I don't know. Like, before that one? So what's the plan, Captain D? Simple. Ricky's mom leads us to Moon Senior. Together we bust out the Soviet alien your lady friend here threw in the asylum. Provided Moon is not a total degenerate by now, I have confidence this will work. I'm sorry, okay? Some kooky old fossil appears out of thin air in some weird threads, ranting like a loon, and my pops threw him to the men in the white shirts. If he was home when you popped, you'd be in the same boat. Not likely. All right, we're here. Everyone be cool. Hot damn, Ricky. You never told me you lived in an honest-to-God mansion. Please, don't tell anyone, babe. My street rep will get the royal shaft. 
Ah, oh, Ricky, I would never do that to you, but I may make you buy my loyalty, baby. <laughs> this better be worth it, old man. And I gotta warn you, my mom's really on the stick. She can tell when you're lying. It's a real knack, Daddy-o. So if you want to come clean about this whole time travel kick you're on, now's the time. <laughs> no pun intended, I presume. <laughs> Mom! What's wrong? You dropped your bowl. You. Holy Mary. Vesper? Is that you? But, oh no. You're, he's, oh, applesauce. Ow! Mom! Dickie, you son of a bitch. Well, this day just moved to the front burner, Daddy-o. Front burner indeed. Not sure what that means? Because it's future speak, people. Why is Vesper so mad? Where is Randolph Moon? And how will they ever save the stranded Dr. Von Kliegel from the madhouse? Only some of these questions will be answered in the next episode. So be sure to tune in and find out as we continue with The Eternal Return. Only on Tales of... Keep the applause going for the cast, Miss Bonnie Gordon. Oh, hold on. Bonnie wanted to say something. Fourth edition. All right. Bonnie Gordon, Chris Rickaball, Joseph from Windows to Sky, who will be coming up here in about two seconds, by the way. Young Miss Bennett Cousins, little Rachel Beebe, <laughs> Donald Marshall, Jordan Byrne. Did I miss anybody? Oh, me, Michael T. Coleman, and my lovely wife, Karen Brooks. 